I'm putting my faith in the words of the resurrected Christ. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. Today we have part two of Dr. Rice Brooks' message about the last Adam. Here's Rice Brooks. So tonight, I want to read a verse, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, this is where we go to. This is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. Just tell that for a minute. The first man, Adam, became a life-giving being, a living being or a living soul. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. Now, let's just establish right off the bat that Adam was real. Now, as I travel around university campuses and we talk about science and faith and different things like that, I'm immediately questioned to say, why do you really believe there was a literal Adam and Eve? Is this not a a fictitious kind of metaphor? Uh, What about evolution? Um, Well, number one, let me just say why I believe Adam was real. Number one, Jesus believed he was real. So once you establish that Jesus was real and that Jesus was raised from the dead, then whenever I get into any kind of controversy, I'm going to trust the one who was raised from the dead, what he had to say, okay? I put my faith in the words of the resurrected Christ. Number two, uh, the apostle Paul believed it. Paul's writing here in 1 Corinthians 15. Even skeptics will acknowledge Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 15. Skeptics acknowledge that Paul, skeptical historians, that Paul was converted on the road to Damascus. So People like Bart Ehrman, who's one of the great skeptics, if you will, of, of our generation, uh, used to be a Christian, now has renounced the Christian faith. You know, he's quoted in Time Magazine and CNN. But even Bart will say, you know, Paul was real, Paul was converted. Paul believed that. But even science points to it. Science, you know, uh, there's a bottleneck. If you're a geneticist here tonight, then you can concur that uh, when you look at human genetics, that it bottlenecks that we can see that it looks like that humanity came from one person or, you know, even they get down to saying, well, you know, there's this small pool of, 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 of gene pool and, and then it grew out like this. Contrasting that to animals, uh, in the Cambrian rock you see in the fossil record, you see a sudden explosion of, of all kinds of life forms almost immediately. If you uh, put in your search engine, Time Magazine, Big Bang, or Evolution's Big Bang, you'll see the cover story of Life Magazine, and they're talking, I mean, not, not Life, Time Magazine, and it, they show this explosion of life in the oldest rock called the Cambrian Rock. Uh, I was at, uh, last year was at Charles Darwin University in uh, Darwin, Australia, with a physicist I work with, and after our lecture, we went out to talk to students, and basically a student just said, I, I, I want to believe in Jesus, but I can't get over what I think uh, is the truth, which is Darwinian evolution. And if evolution is true, then that means the Bible is false. And I began to describe the Cambrian explosion. I said, you know, life suddenly begins in all diversity in the oldest rocks. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do what Darwin, Darwin would have assumed, that everything came back in, in, in the animal and plant world to a single ancestor. I said, contrasting that to humanity that does bottleneck down to one singular point. And uh, my physicist friend pulled out his iPad while I was talking and actually pulled up an image of the Cambrian explosion and showing 
all of this explosion of life immediately in all of its complexity. And the guy just looks up and says, that's all I need, and bows his head within five minutes and gives his life to Jesus based on getting, seeing an image of the fossil record. I've never had anyone come to Christ looking at the fossil record, but he did. So, but we can have confidence that this is true. But ultimately, in what we'll talk about tonight, not only does science point to a literal atom, but actually the testimony of human nature. We'll see in this message tonight that we see the evidence of the self-centered, sinful nature that runs through the descendants of Adam, this proclivity, and we also see what we saw tonight on that testimony of the young girl, the high school student. We see the transforming power and the life-giving power running through those who have received Christ. And so tonight we're going to talk about, in these next several hours that we have together, we're going to talk about the first man, Adam. That was another joke you missed, but that's okay. Okay, that's okay. You're just probably were texting and missed what I was saying. Okay, first man, Adam, became a life being, uh, life-giving being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So who was the last Adam? This is speaking of Jesus. You see, the first thing in this comparison is that the first Adam disobeyed. Disobeyed. You know, when I think about the Garden of Eden, um, I mean, you've got no bad neighbors, no barking dogs. Um, You and your wife in a perfect environment, and yet you add one devil into that with everything that you can imagine. The perfect, everything was good, 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 good. In fact, the only thing that the, the, the first couple lacked was the knowledge of evil. They had the knowledge of good all around them. You know, isn't it funny how the enemy comes and tells you that you lack something, and that is in order to really know um, reality, you've got to know evil. You've got you to try it yourself. And all God really did to Adam and Eve in telling them, don't, you don't need to know evil. Trust me that what is good, I'll give you a revelation of what is good. And all evil is going to be is really the opposite of this. So you don't need to know that. In fact, we do that with our children, don't we? We don't, we don't just let them surf the Internet and see everything there is to see. We protect our children from evil. Right? And, and all God was doing to Adam and Eve was the very thing any parent in this room knows. I don't want you to see this. I was sitting watching TV several years ago, and my youngest uh, was probably about 12. Uh, he's 16 now, and something came on the TV, and he just reached his hand up and covered my eyes. He said, don't look, Dad. <laughs> and I pulled his hand down and said, how do you know? How do you know to tell me not to look? I mean, that was kind of, it was obviously backwards. But, you know, we're constantly as parents, aren't we, saying, you don't need to see that. Don't listen to that. God was telling Adam and Eve there's certain things you don't need to know. That was Dr. Rice Brooks, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Rice Brooks, The Last Adam. You can also find out more information about him at ricebrooks.com, and that is B-R-O-O-C-K-S.com. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless.